Dots. I'm Dr. Latifah. I'm the host of the Money Fit MD podcast. This is where we help badass women physicians just like you learn simple and effective tools to build wealth from the inside out. That way we can create wealth and bigger impact without all the burnout. Enjoy the episode. Before today's episode, I want to let you know that this is part of the Recession IRX series that I did where I interviewed humans that are doing amazing things and sharing how they are prepping themselves for the recession. Here's the deal. This is a gift of love. And I have three asks of you. One, listen, enjoy, and take action. Number two, I want you to take this information and share it with those that you like. Share it with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with your colleagues. Let's get the word out because we are going to be prepped and not panicked. And then three, I want you to leave us a review and let us know exactly what you love about this episode. This is a 100% free gift to you, but I would love it if you do all those three things. Thank you and don't forget to tag me, Money Feet MD. Love you guys. Enjoy this episode. <laughs> all right everybody welcome again to another episode of this amazing series that we've been doing how have you guys been liking it i mean i cannot hear you right now but i have been loving it and the reason why i've been loving it is i've just had this pleasure of bringing amazing humans to you that have you know i respect them if i didn't i wouldn't bring them on here because you know we don't like crap in here <laughs> <laughs> right. I respect them. I respect what they have to say. And I truly, truly believe that as we're all making sure that we are prepped, but not panicking, that we are all equipped. And these humans are here because they have different opinions, very diverse. It's not like I'm bringing them because they do money the way that I do money. No, but because I know that there's no one size fits all. So it's really important for me to bring people that have different thoughts. Some may be similar, but some may be dissimilar. And so as part of that, I have someone here that I'm super duper excited about. And it is Dr. Sinismith. Welcome, Dr. Sinismith. Hello, it's so good to see you and so good to be here with you. I love being with you and I love your people and I love your attitude and love what you teach. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you too. <laughs> so for those that don't know you, I mean, I'm going to give like a brief one-liner so that people that are out in the world will like, who is she? So I refer to you as a retired primary care doctor and you are a coach and you are the creator of the Empowering Women Physician platform, really, which is the group, the podcast and all things just about bringing humanism to medicine and helping us heal from the inside out. I'm all about money from the inside out. So when we talk about healing and changing the world one human at a time, that's my gem. So tell us in your own words, who are you and why should women be listening to you in this time of preparing for the downturn? That is a great question. It's funny because I have never once referred to myself as a retired family physician, but it, that is one way that people could look at it. It's so interesting. I was just speaking at a conference this weekend and the woman who introduced me was the host and she was a friend of mine. Our kids went to preschool together and she was like, I remember when Sunny was thinking of stepping down and I was like, this is relevant to money. This is how she introduced me. She's like, I was like, don't lose your pension. What are you doing? Why are you leaving? How could you do this? She says, and now she runs a multi-million dollar <laughs> business and is in one of the, one of the top you know, women physician entrepreneurs in the country. And so I think that that is just very interesting, right? Is that people who are full-time practicing physicians, they see people who are stepping out in any other way as danger, danger, <laughs> you know, our alerts are going to go off. And so um, 
who am I and what do I do? You know, I spent my career as an academic family physician running a free clinic for the underserved. And now I, and I was an advisor for medical students on well-being, personal, professional development. And so now I do that for attending physicians and for my colleagues and my friends. And so we have a Facebook group and a podcast and a coaching program that are all about um, stop sacrificing yourself for others and finally enjoy this life that you worked so hard to create. Allow yourself to be a human being. All of us are human beings. We're all comparing our insides to everybody else's outsides. And so I think that is all of this is very, very pertinent, particularly in an economic downturn and in a recession, because that's a time that maybe we wouldn't allow ourselves to enjoy ourselves. And we would think we would start to panic and we would think, no, we're going to sacrifice during this time. But as you know, Latifat, I lost my mom this summer and it has never been more pertinent to me that all you have is today and all you have is now. And I think in the fire, the sort of you know, get financially independent and retire early community. There's this idea if I work really, really hard now, then later I could be happy. Like, you know, like we thought in med school, <laughs> like we thought in residency, and then we become attendings. And then, you know, it just kicking the can down the road is not helpful. And so certainly don't plan to do so in an economic downturn or in any reason. So I think um, money, as you know, is always a circumstance and how we think about it and how we feel about it really has more to do with our upbringing, our household, our culture, our ancestors, what we were taught than anything that's actually going on in the world. So in this recession, there will be a lot of people who are thinking, oh my gosh, recessions are when fortunes are made. Like now is the time, everything's on sale. And there will be people who are terrified. And so just meeting ourselves right where we are saying, I make perfect sense. Look at it. every woman physician here can write down. What did your parents teach you about money? Like what beliefs did they have about money? Like I can think about what my mom thought about money and um, what did my dad think about money? And then how did I inherit some of that and then get indoctrinated and enculturated? And how have I worked actively to think differently about money. And that's exactly what you do is encourage people to think differently about money. I love that. Cause what I find is many times we don't even know that we have ways of thinking about money. We yes. just accept oh. it as natural. No, us. it's so taboo. I mean, it's like sex, politics, money. And I, you know, so well, like this gets us all fired up, right? Because if women in general, but if women physicians would talk about money, there may not be a pay disparity. There may not be a pay gap. There may not be a wealth disparity or a wealth gap eventually, right? It's not going to happen overnight. But if we would talk about money, then we would know what the people next to us were making. We would know about how to save. We would know about how to invest. We would know what an asset that generates money. We would know that you don't have to pay all your students' own loans off to feel good or to invest. So I just think it's so important to talk about the, the sort of like shame, guilt, put it under the covers. It's not polite. I mean, it's, it's not only ridiculous, it's completely not serving us. And when we are complicit in that, we are part of the problem. 
you know, it's, I wasn't going to bring this up, but we're recording this during the week of a workshop that I'm doing, the Financial Liberation Plan Workshop. And everything you've said is literally what we're talking about, which yeah. is I want every woman physician to be financially independent and we will get there. But it bothers me to no end when I'm talking to women and we are overworking, our relationships are struggling, we are not well, we are like not having time to do things we want to do, we're afraid of speaking up at our jobs because God forbid I lose on that pension, God forbid I don't have 25 times my yearly expenses, like I see if we're not freaking physicians that have the gift of resourcefulness and so whether right. this is like pre-downturn or peri whatever whatever I don't even care if we're like at a you know what the economy is saying the bottom line is we are freaking resourceful and the only reason why we don't remember that is number one we don't we're not surrounding ourselves with people that can help us augment that and build that and also because we have so much shame that we think the only thing to do is to hide and that just keeps me up so freaking much yeah. And there's no number that can create that shame, right? There's no 500,000 in debt because of your student loans, 400,000 in debt. There's no whatever happens to your house value versus the loan value. You have shame because of how you perceive it, right? And we just weren't told that we are some of the strongest, smartest, most educated, most capable women to ever walk the face of this planet earth. I mean, women have not had freedom and rights and ability to even have a loan or a credit card for they, they got that right. Just before I was born the year before I was born, I was already in my mama's belly. Like th these are new things. We are capable. We are intelligent. We are badasses. like, let's go. And so, as you said, just surrounding yourselves with people who see this, who know it, who are willing to talk about it. And there is no shame, no matter what your finances are. Some of the wealthiest people in the world file for bankruptcy because it's a tool. I'm not recommending women physicians file for bankruptcy, but I'm just saying there's so much finances to be aware of. And there's so many tools to be available to us to utilize when and if they are appropriate. And like loans, like, oh my gosh, when I, as you know, first met my friends in the physician financial space, I had no debt at all. And I was so <laughs> proud of myself. I have no debt. Because right? you were told and that was the main thing you're that going was good. for. Yeah. Exactly. And so I thought that's what I, that's when I'm going to be happy. That's when I'm going to be free. So I got to no debt. And then I met friends in the physician financial space and they're like, why wouldn't you want to leverage some of your capital and get a loan, you know, like say take 200, $400,000 and get a loan for some millions of dollars on a property and have passive income. I was like, oh, you mean debt could be a good thing? Like, who are you? What is this? And it took me some time to uh, realize that debt actually can be leveraged and, and that often the wealthiest people are leveraging debt. Um, for income because they're called assets. And so there's just, I think we have to kind of blow up what everybody thought about finances that we were told is like, put your head down and work your buns off until again, like for me, where I was, you know, at first I thought it was gonna be 65 or 62. And then once I got to the point where I really was actively thinking and looking into stepping down from my career, my traditional university of California career, um, I was told that I could have full retirement at 50 and I was 45 and I was like, 
it's not worth it to me. Five years to me was not worth it. Like these are, these are the youngest years I'm ever going to be. And so what is that dangling carrot and what are we sacrificing to get to it? And so for people who have say, and for women in particular, there's often the idea of maternity leave or having young children. And, you know, 40% of women go part-time or leave within the few first few years of practice. And what if medical practice, what if each one of us demanding the kind of practice schedule that we want, which is like, what if we want to work four days or three days or two days or be off at 3 p.m.? What if, like, what if all of us started doing that? Because say you're making two or $300,000 in your full-time salary. And you're like, you know what? I could probably get by on 200 or 250 or whatever. And I can also, especially when you have this knowledge and information that you're teaching, it's like, and you can take a portion of that and put it into something that works when you don't. Amen. So and and they just don't teach us that because just we are what they call high earners, not rich yet often when we have our young children in particular. Not everyone has children, of course. So it's not about children. It's about flexibility and living now and living life on your terms. But if you're Henry, high income, not rich yet, you it's what are you doing with the income that you do have? And if you create a life that you feel you need to always escape, right, then, then we're wasting a lot of money on things that we don't need. But we can take that income and put it to the things that bring us joy, that bring us value, that bring us experiences. So I love all this that you teach because it's really not about the money. Money is a tool. Money is always. <laughs> Don't tell it's the secret. The... <laughs> it's about the life. You're like, okay, not about what we th- say it's about, but it's about living the about life you want to the live. Life you want. Yeah. And enjoy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even when there is a recession, it's not, I mean, yes, you can enjoy, you know, renting a private plane if you want and enjoy those luxury, but it's also about indulging and enjoying whatever it is you have. Like a cup of coffee can be a cup of oh my joy gosh. and yeah, that is regardless say, of what the economy is saying yeah. and people will tell you to get rid of that cup of coffee because it's three or four dollars or whatever and you're like no no, no. i savor this tag me so i can house. scream at them on your behalf <laughs> <laughs> exactly and what i have found you know as i said these past few months where i'm just like so so hyper aware of the preciousness of every moment and savoring every moment the best things in life, as you know, so well are free and the savoring of the sunset and the savoring of the ocean. I swear I'm going to get tearful, the savoring of my little boy and being present for him. That's everything. That's something money can't buy, but money allows me to buy it because I can be here because I choose that to believe that there's sufficiency in my life and I can choose to be present and savor the moments that will pass. Okay, Santa Smith, we have six more minutes, just so you know. And the reason why I'm telling you this is before this call, I'll tell you what I did. Um, I was taking a, I was looking at the light to make sure my, you know, my, whatever my stuff was working, my volume, my speaker, because sometimes that happens. And then I decided to take a picture. So I took a picture, a selfie of myself. I saw myself on the screen and I got a picture and I looked at the picture and I saw myself. I saw myself looking at myself and I said, oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I was like, I'm so proud of you. And this is like literally three minutes before we got on. And I said, I'm not going to cry because every time you get a camera, there seems to be tears involved. And we're not going to do that. <laughs> and here we are. I'm but- an emotional woman, even when talking about money, because again, it's about what 
the perception of your money gives you back in your life. It gives you back your actual life. When you know that no one has power over you and no one has control over you and no one can make you show up at a workplace you don't want to. It's just never worth it. So I am so proud of you and I'm so proud of your mission in the world and what you're doing and the truth you're speaking and the people who need to hear it. And we all get to be proud of ourselves, we all right? Get to be proud. You don't in need anybody. any circumstance. And I will even say like in 2008, I did do a short sale of my home. And I'm still proud of myself because that was, I mean, my generation, if anybody graduated residency in 2004, like I did, um, that was sort of the time where you were able to 2005, six, seven, save up enough money to put your down payment, put your whole life saving into a home in 2008. And so my class in general across the country really got hit super hard. Mm. And so we, I went through all different kinds of things. I Airbnb it before there was Airbnb. We did Craigslist, you know, I'd move out. I got a second job at Kaiser, all this stuff. And then eventually as things really tanked, you know, we bought for 1.3 and I sold for 800 and you know, there's no shame. And I know that I did, it was really hard and I was trying to keep my head above water, all this stuff, but it's 14 years later. And now in hindsight, I learned so much. I downsized to an apartment where I had my baby years later. And then we b- bought our doctor home later and it's appreciated in value a ton. And there's just cycles in the economy and in life. And that's the way it is. And if things go up, They'll come down sometimes, but the trend over time is up. And the thing is, there's no, I only tell that story just when you're talking about shame and pride. It's like, I'm proud of myself for all of the times that we ate at the food bank. And then I got my first paycheck and was able to buy anything I wanted for food at the grocery store. And I was so proud. And then I made all the right financial decisions I could. And if I didn't, I learned, right? And so now I'm financially independent. And it's amazing. And what I want is for people to feel that they can have these moments before they're financially independent. Like when I was living in the apartment complex, right? Yep. <laughs> that I drove that car until last year. My husband just sold it months ago. It was like, a, it was a, a salvage vehicle and I drove it for like 15 years. Anyway, we need to stop crying and get back yeah. to what your people need to hear. More this of what is, your people need to hear. what they need to hear. <laughs> One of my proudest moments was... One of my happiest moments was when I could afford to buy more than one Big Mac sandwich. I could buy a yes. Big Mac and a yes. roll up and you know, and all those things were like three dollars. That is wealth. That is that wealth. Is like when I moments. buy oh go ahead. I didn't mean no, to interrupt. No, you. I'm just saying, like it's uh, quality. It is. quality. It's what you recognize and savor and appreciate. Like when I go buy, it's the silliest thing, but these like pink razors that are like seven dollars or something, and then the refills are like fifteen dollars. I'm like, I have such gratitude for being wealthy because I don't have to the and it's relative wealth, right? That I I can appreciate that I can buy a pink razor at the grocery store and as many refills as I want. That is wealth and that is savoring and just like being able to go to Starbucks like recognizing because so many of us physicians it's like you just keep moving the bar it's like the I I used to say out loud when I was in medical school if I ever make six figures I'll think I'm the richest person in the world and I started at a salary of eighty thousand dollars as an attending eighty thousand and I got kind of pissed over time And then I made 125, right? And I was like, hey, I'm still kind of pissed. And so it will always just keep 
changing. It's a matter, as you said, of savoring the moments when we go from like one Big Mac to two, when we go to, I can actually order a drink when I'm out as well as the food as well. And, and it will just always, cause people think they'll hit their fire number people in your community and they'll be, and then their, their fire number will suddenly change. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like you define financial independence, yep. right? Yep. You define it. Cause you define what you're going to spend and you define what you want to save. And, you know, I just, if I had one thing to say about money and the economy and the recession and all of this is look at our beliefs, why we believe them, and then find a way to convince yourself to really buy into the belief of like, now is the most valuable asset you will ever have. It's yeah. way more valuable than any money because you can not take it with you. And I know that now more than ever. Thank you for sharing that. And just to summarize, the other things that we talked about is find ways you already are wealthy. And regardless mm-hmm. of what decisions you have to make because of the downturn yeah. in the downturn, you're more than just one decision and there's no shame. We're going to look back today and we're going to be proud of you regardless of what decision you make. So Sunny Smith, I knew it was going to be great. I knew we would need one more hour regardless of how much time we took. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, for what you did. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to be including your contact information as well for those that want to find you. And for everybody, I want you to share this episode everywhere. If you're watching the video, if you listen to the audio, share it. The goal of this is to empower women physicians. The goal of this is to give hope so that we will be prepared, not freaking out, and we can be well because your life matters more than anything else in the world. And I can say that even as a money coach, including money. Your life matters more than everything or anything. All right, love you guys. And thanks for listening, watching, and leaving us a review. Bye-bye.